Don't touch the dial. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you something that I don't think I've told you before. I'll be on stage at the Deal Maker Live event in Dallas, Texas on July 25th, 6th, and 7th. This event is going to be insane. Michael Blanc will be there. Hal Elrod will be there. Corey Peterson, Robert Helms. Are you kidding me? Adam Adams, Joe Fairless, Andrew Cushman, Matt Faircloth, David Zook, Brian Burke, Michael Becker, Reed Goosen, Stan Hanford, and Neil Bawa. It's going to be insane. I hope to see you there. Just go to dealmakerliveevent.com forward slash Adam to get an extra hundred bucks off and not to pay full price. Do the forward slash Adam. That link's in the show notes. So go ahead and go into the links and grab your tickets right now to Dallas. I'll see you on July 25th through 27th. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Hello and welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. Like I said, it's the one and only Creative Real Estate Podcast. Now, what does creativity mean to you? In my opinion, creativity is all about finding a way to make something happen. And a lot of people are wanting to get into large multifamily but they don't know how because they're saying to themselves the story of, I don't have $10 million, so I can't do that. Or I don't have the experience of a single family, so I can't get to that yet. But we want you to reach out and think a little bit outside the box here. So I have actually got Seth Ferguson on the call with me, who's going to be able to share some tips and strategies. Now, just to give you an idea of how he thinks outside the box, he plays the bagpipes, and we're going to talk about how to play the bagpipes today. Actually, that's not true. He does play the bagpipes. He's very, very good at it. Um, he runs a podcast called Purchase to Profits, okay? The Purchase to Profits podcast. He also wrote a book, uh, which is called Sell for More. If you want to get more information on Purchase to Profits or Sell for More, you can go to sethferguson.com. You also can get his email. That's how you find him. But let's tell you a little bit about what we're talking about today. He is finding a way to fulfill a niche within multifamily so that within the next 12 months, he should destroy having 500 doors under his belt. He will be well above 500 doors. And that's what we're going to teach. We're going to talk about branding and how you switch from Maybe you were a real estate agent for a while, and now you want to go and do this multifamily. Maybe you did single family fix and flips. So he's going to teach you how to make that switch, how to brand yourself. All right. So the first question I have for you is, why did you name your uh, podcast Purchase to Profits? What does that mean to you? Yeah, I, I would say I named it Purchase to Profits because in my mind, you have to purchase a deal first before you can even profit from it. And, uh, and lots of people, they always talk about doing a deal, but it never happens. So I wanted to get through to people that you actually have to take action, make a purchase, and then you, then you realize the profits after. I love that. Yeah. A friend of mine, Michael Blanc, uh, he always talks about the law of your first deal. Uh, there's a podcaster that I used to listen to when I was first getting started in the business. I think his podcast was called Just Start Real Estate. And you have um, the right concept here is 
like people are thinking so much about all of the different things when uh, what they really ought to be thinking about is getting that first deal done. So Seth, how are you about to get your first large multifamily done before you ever do a duplex? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And it all comes down in my mind to partnerships and your network. Um, as somebody for myself, I, I'm new entering into that, that multifamily space. I had a lot of experience in that single family duplex uh, space before. Um, I'm leveraging my connections and the people I know to participate in deals with them because, you know, let's say there's somebody already syndicating deals. They've got the contacts. They've got the deal flow where I don't have that. So I'm going to leverage my connection to that person and, and partner with them so I can uh, gain that experience, that track record and, and share in that success on that deal. That's great. Okay. So, so let's re really talk about what should somebody's first steps be when they're switching from, you know, being a real estate agent or working on duplexes and triplexes and now they're saying, I ultimately want to do one in 200 and 300 door projects. Um, what should their first step be? First, first step in my mind is letting everybody know what you're doing now. Um, it, if, if you don't get the word out there, nobody's going to know what you're doing. And it, you know, in the multi, in the multifamily business, it's all about raising capital and, and uh, building those relationships with investors. If you don't tell anybody, nobody's going to know that you have a new deal coming up uh, or a new investment opportunity. So it's all for myself. It's about, about changing how people perceive me before I was the real estate expert in that single family space, but now I'm, I'm switching that and, and transforming into the, the expert in that multifamily space. Okay, so what are you doing to brand yourself as a multifamily expert? Yeah, uh, number one, purchase the profits. It's, it's my show, it's on YouTube. Um, I'm able to speak with successful real estate investors on a daily basis. Uh, so now I'm placing myself in that in that, uh, in that sphere of successful multifamily investors. And through osmosis, you know, not only do I learn a lot and get to meet a lot of really interesting people, but now people see me speaking with these other experts and just through association, it elevates you up um, in, to a different level. I love that. That's, that's absolutely awesome. Uh, what, uh, what other things are you doing to set yourself apart as not just the single family expert, but as the multifamily expert? Yeah, I, I think it's just through communication. So uh, part of that communication strategy is the show Purchase to Profits. Um, I'm also writing a book where I'm, I'm looking at the first hundred interviews I did with the investors and really condensing all of that information down into actionable steps somebody can take. So I'm in the middle of writing that. So that's going to be another, um, another asset I have in terms of changing myself from that single family to that multi, uh, multi-family investor. And then it's just sitting down with people, getting face-to-face -face and being like, hey, listen, th this is why I'm making the transition into multi-family. These are the benefits I see. Now you can participate with me in these deals. Um, with the single family, usually the, the spread's a, lot, a little too thin. You can't bring on a lot of investors into the deal. Um, so it, for, for me, it's just about communicating with people. Everybody has their own sphere of influence. And if you're in a, any sales position, this is something you learn on day one. You have your, your A, A sphere, B, and C. 
as it, uh, as it goes out from you. So you have your close family and friends, then you have their connections, and then it kind of grows out uh, from that point. It's just taking advantage of the people you already know, having those conversations and, and sharing what you're doing. And tell me a little bit about Alba Capital Group. Yeah, so at Alba Capital Group, you mentioned the bagpipes. Um, so the, the name Alba, that's, uh, that's the Gaelic name for Scotland. So I figured I'd throw a little uh, Scottish flavor in there. And so Alba Capital Group is my vehicle uh, in acquiring and in operating these multifamily properties. Um, I wanted to throw a little of my personal uh, you know, flair in there, uh, which is where I got the name. And uh, so, so right now, uh, I'm in the process of raising capital uh, for these deals. Um, like I mentioned before, I make that transition. So lots of people I, I found um, when you first talk about getting into multifamily um, from a syndication side, they're always worried about raising the capital and they think it's going to be the hardest part. Um, I've actually found the capital raising process to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I enjoy talking about real estate. My passion certainly comes through um, when I'm speaking with potential investors and you get to learn a lot about different people's, uh, you know, situations in life where they've been successful. Uh, so it's been a really great experience so far. So tell me the next step for Alba. Yeah. So, so next step, um, I would like to uh, get my own deal under contract. There's a couple different ways you can go. Uh, you can partner with, um, other people, like I mentioned, you who have that deal flow, and I will certainly do that. Um, and I'm in the process of doing that. Um, but uh, but the main goal, I, I think, in in the next uh, 12 months, would be to get my own deal under contract. I think that would be a huge stepping stone uh, for me and the company. Okay, great. So, do you have partners with you in your company, Alba? Yeah, um, I don't have partners per se within the actual company, but I do have uh, mentors and, and people behind the scenes uh, giving me lots of solid advice. And, uh, you know, even just connecting with, with the guests I, I speak to on my show, um, you know, they, they reach out. I have a one-on-one -on -one connection with them. I can pick up the, the phone, which I've done, and, and ask some uh, really important questions. What have you found being the best part and because you mentioned, you were like, hey, I find raising money to be fun. I enjoy yeah. talking to people about it. So the question is, again, <clears throat> what have you found to be the most successful part of what you're doing, spending your time on? Um, I, I would say it's sitting down in front of people across the table. Uh, you, can't, you can send out a million emails. You can send out a million text messages. But I, I strongly believe that sitting across the table with someone and having that direct conversation is the best way to, to build any sort of network. All right. So when you're sitting down, yeah. what do you say? What happens? Te well, te I, teach us your ways. Yeah. So I, I do a lot more listening and, and asking questions. And, and I think one of the, um, one of the things I've learned through doing my show is how to really ask good questions and shut up and listen. Um, but I, I find lots of people when they're, you know, maybe in a sales position or presenting an opportunity, they tend to have that verbal diarrhea and they just unload on the person before even understanding, you know, their situation. What are they looking for? You know, what's their five, 10 year plan? Why are they even considering real estate? What other investments do they have? What, what's their risk profile? You know, what are, the, what are their views on money? Um, these are really important things that you have to figure out before you even present the deal. And, uh, so, you know, in, in any sort of 
presentation, you have to tailor that presentation to the person who, who you're sitting across from. Um, so, you know, for one investor, you may really push the security and the stability of the market you're investing in. Uh, with another investor who might be a little more aggressive, you're going to push the, the upside on the value add potential. Um, everybody's going, going to be a little bit different. And through listening at the start of that meeting, uh, it's going to give you that, that path, uh, the best path to follow it as you uh, start presenting all the facts and all the numbers. All right. So over time, uh, through the podcast and other things, you've learned how to listen. Is there ever a time where you're sitting down with a, a potential passive investor and you find yourself talking too much? Oh, I, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, anybody who's, who's been in that sales position before ha, has, has found themselves in that. Um, and I think it's important to recognize, you know, as you start building your skills at presenting opportunities, uh, you're always going to want to th um, throw in questions along the way to make sure that not only do you have an understanding, and they're following along with you, but have, throwing in that question allows that two-way conversation. It's important not to have that verbal diarrhea where you're just unloading, you know, talking for 10 minutes and there's no interaction. Um, that's a skill that, that's learned and taught um, through experience. So you, can't, you can't sit in a classroom and, and learn, you know, how to present a deal and go out and do it. You have to do it 10, 20, 30 times, and then you get a lot better at it. Is there a thing that you can, that you would say, if somebody wants to get into this niche, and let me pause first before yeah. I ask the question and share with the audience why I think you would want to be in this niche. If you get those first 500 doors in just 12 months, it's actually easy to do that. I have friends who have, who have done 3,500 doors in 18 months. Um, so, I mean, what I'm saying is absolutely achievable, just for starters. As let's say, let's just say on your very first deal, you're really, really bad at it, and all you could raise is 100K, okay? That's your first deal. Let's say on your second deal, you're able to just raise 200K. Well, now you have two deals behind you, you have a track record, um, you probably are a part of, you know, 300 doors by now, and you have uh, two more deals that you wanna do, all right, the next deal you raise uh, 500K and it was, it was way easier to raise your 500K than it was the first uh, 100 because people are attracted to you. They're listening to what's going on. They're watching you. They've been watching you. They've been careful. They've been having a million dollars and they've been afraid to talk to you until they saw you close on a couple of doors. Now the fourth deal, you raise a million and a half and it was literally so easy. You've established yourself with credibility by branding yourself as an expert within this. Maybe you have a podcast, maybe you have a blog, maybe you're on Facebook every day. But this has happened where it's less than 12 months, it's, uh, it's more than 500 doors, and what I just shared with you is extremely approachable, and you've just made yourself a hundred thousand dollars just in acquisition fees, let alone talking about the cash flow that you're going to have with those 500 plus doors, let alone the 200,000 that you're probably going to make on the back end. So you find yourself 
to be into this niche of racing equity for deals and partnering with great sponsors, you have the potential of making 75K to 350K in acquisition fees this year. You might want to listen up to this next question with Seth. So you find somebody, Seth, you find somebody that uh, is listening and they think they may want to do similar to what you're doing. What are their first steps to, to making sure that they're going to be successful and that they can follow a path similar to what I just laid out? Yeah, I, I think the power lies in your network. You, you, you can't, you can't, you can't do anything without a network. Um, so I, I think it's getting, it's getting in front and building those relationships with the right people. Um, I, I think, you know, it's commonly said that you are the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. And, and I, I think that's so true. Um, and so, you know, with anybody looking to get started in this niche, um, network, start meeting people who are successful in this niche. Be, uh, find people who are, you know, 10 steps ahead of you and see what they're doing and, and learn from their, their mistakes and, and learn from their successes. Because uh, one thing I, I found is real estate, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are many different niches and ways to do it, but they're all proven systems. You, you, you don't come into this, uh, this type of asset and come, come in with a totally radical idea. You know, it's laid out for you. You just have to learn the system and execute on that business plan. All right, what's next? Uh, the power lies in the network. So you're the sum yeah. of the five people. Um, after you get a good network, what's your next action step? Yeah, uh, network, then I would say the, the branding that we talked about before. So getting the word out and saying, hey, look at me. This is what I'm doing now. I, you know, these are, this is why I'm, I'm, I'm investing in this niche. Uh, uh, look at the, these are the types of deals I'm looking at. This is why I'm looking at these deals. I, I saw this deal. I worked it out this way. This is why it doesn't work. And this is why it doesn't fit my strategy. So as you're doing that along the way, people will start paying attention because who, who do you know in the U.S. or Canada that isn't interested in real estate? Everybody's always talking about real estate because they, they hear, you know, the most wealthy people invest in real estate, but they just don't, they don't have the knowledge or they don't have the time or, or they don't have the confidence to do it on their own. So if you're being the person that's getting the word out there, uh, showing them behind the scenes on how you underwrite deals, um, people will start paying attention and you'll start getting those phone calls saying, hey, listen, you know, I, I saw you're doing this kind of deal. You know, I, I, I just inherited 500 grand. You know, can we work something out? And you just gave a golden nugget. And what that is, is you're talking about sharing with them, with your passive investors and people around you, why a deal didn't work for you. And so let's just dissect what he said here just a little bit. Now, if you are always showing this, this, this one works, this one's a good deal. And if that's all they heard, they meaning your potential passive investors, if that's all your potential passive investors were hearing you say is, why you know every deal that you look like look at is gold they're just going to think that you're full of something now on the flip side if you show them hey here's a deal i underwrote this deal here's why it doesn't work they're going to start to understand or feel inclined to say this person cares this person's taking time 
So with, with what you're doing, when you go ahead and brand yourself, you, the listener, the, you, the person who's planning on raising equity for other people's deals, when you go and start doing this, you're going to think to yourself, ah, we missed on that deal, on to the next. But just take 30 seconds or two minutes to, um, to transition from, dang, we can't do this deal, to uh, sharing with your Facebook, here's a deal, we're still looking for them, be on the lookout, when something makes sense, we'll definitely let you know, but here's why this one didn't work. You're going to get so many people attracted to you that way. Seth, number one was your network. Number two is branding yourself. What is the third step toward getting into this business? I'd say after you start branding yourself, you have to start raising money because you can't do a deal without money. Um, so it, it's, it's, a, you, it's leveraging that branding you've been doing, um, selling your strategy, selling why you're in, involved in this asset, leverage that to now have those conversations with potential investors, sit down with them. You may not have a deal and that's okay because you're, you're, you're showing them the strategy and, and how you're, once you do get a deal, how you're going to execute on that business plan. Um, because you, at, any syndicator will tell you, and many of my guests have told me the same thing, you, you always want to have a certain amount of money raised before you go and put a deal under contract because, you know, if not, you're going to go gray a little early from all the stress. Um, so start having those initial investor conversations. You know, you may not have a deal for six months, but that's okay. You're, you're priming those investors for when you do have a deal under contract. All right. So, if you don't have a deal, what do you say to the people that you're raising equity from? Yeah, so my initial conversations were all about the, the markets I, I was targeting, why I targeted those markets, the research I did, why I feel it, it's uh, those markets are good for the, the long term, um, why I'm, I'm involved in a specific asset class. You know, we have A, Bs, and C uh, class, sometimes Ds. You know, why am I interested in that uh, B, B minus category uh, with the value add potential versus the A or the C? Um, going through all the pros and cons. So basically, you're educating that, that potential investor on why you're doing the things you're doing and you're sharing with them your business plan for when you do acquire properties. So you're... The strategy and for that investor to buy into you and your and your plan, that's half the battle. Now, let's say four months later, a deal comes along, you put it under contract, you go back to the investor, you've already done the heavy lifting work. They've already bought into the plan, they see the potential. Now it's just a matter of showing them the, the numbers and, and, and explaining why this particular property lines up with the strategy you talked with them about uh, before. I love that. Now, let's, let's go into the raising money, and we're about uh, going to hop off the call. I think we've got a ton of value, um, but I want to dive in a little bit more. So, you've, you're surrounding yourself with the right people. Uh, Seth, you're doing that through your podcast. Yeah. And uh, number two, you're branding yourself, and you're also doing that a lot with your podcast. Um, and number three, it's time to raise money. Now, you mentioned with raising equity for deals, number one, you get the most value out of it by sitting down face to face. That's the first yeah. thing that I remember you saying. And the second one is you're saying you want to have the money ready to go before you have the deal. Are there 
any uh, steps around that? Are there ways that you get them to sit down with you? Are there ways that you, um, that you bring like a, a pretend deal package, a sample deal package with you to the, to the first meeting? Like what, what parts of that strategy of raising money are, are we missing out before we go? Yeah, um, I would say to get those face-to-face -face interactions, you have to leverage the people who are closest to you. So that those are that's your A sphere. So so your close friends, your family. Um, I would go to them first because let's say you're you're new to this. If you mess up in front of you know your uncle, who cares? The, the, he doesn't care. Uh, make your mistakes with the people who who like you and respect you, and then you know as you start targeting those accredited investors who who are not necessarily the hottest uh, lead, that then you'll be a lot more polished in, in your presentation and how you approach things. And I like how you said uh, bring an example deal. One hundred percent. It doesn't even have to be a real deal. You you can. Um, do numbers on a hypothetical deal and say, well, you know, these are the types of properties I'm looking at in this market. This is a, this is a standard purchase price. This is standard rents in this area. And if, if I were to find a deal like this, this would be what I would do to make sure, you know, the investor would realize the returns they're looking for. I love it. A lot of value that we got out of you today. I really, really appreciate it. Love to have you back on the show. Um, you're doing some massive, massive things that are, that are really benefiting your business. And I'm hoping that each and every person who hears this episode today and tomorrow and the next day can benefit by saying, if I just follow that plan that Seth is doing, that Seth Ferguson is doing at sethferguson.org. .org. Yeah, don't go to .com. <laughs> If I can just follow this plan, I'm going to be successful like Seth is. So I hope you'll uh, accept the invitation to come back on the show in a future date. Thank you so much for time. I really appreciate having you. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. I hope you got value out of today's episode. And before I let you go, if you did get a lot of value, please feel free to hop over to iTunes and let us know your thoughts and impressions. I love it when I get five-star ratings and reviews from our listeners. And so if, if you want to do that, I'd be super, super grateful. And as a reminder, I'll be on stage at the DealMaker Live event. If you want to go to dealmakerliveevent.com forward slash Adam, you actually save an extra hundred bucks. Who's going to be there? Well, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors will be there. Corey Peterson, Hal Elrod, Robert Helms, Adam Adams, that's, that's me. Joe Fairless, Andrew Cushman, Matt Fairclough, Dave Zook, Brian Burke, Michael Becker, Reed Goosens, Dan Hanford, and Neil Bawa. It's going to be insane. I hope to see you there. Go to dealmakerliveevent.com forward slash Adam.